Mary-Kate Olson said, I think the hardest part to get to is that point of asking for help or reaching out to other people and being honest with yourself. That being honest with ourselves part can come from believing the big lie. What is the big lie? Let's find out on today's A Critical Faith podcast with Pastor Sue Collar of First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. So the Israelites have been freed from slavery in Egypt, and they spent the next 40 years complaining about being freed from slavery in Egypt. Moses had a difficult role, and he had a lot to learn about being a leader, and even more to learn about how to be a healthy person in leadership. As Betty reads the story, ask how you would have handled the situation if you were Moses. The rabble among them had a strong craving, and the Israelites also wept again and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt for nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, all at the entrances of their tents. Then the Lord became very angry, and Moses was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you treated your servants so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight, that you lay the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give birth to them? That you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom, and to the land that you promised on oath to their ancestors. Where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they come weeping to me and say, Give us meat to eat. I am not able to carry all these people alone, for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you are going to treat me, put me to death at once. If I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my misery. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me seventy of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tent of meeting, and have them take their place there with you. I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them, and they shall bear the burden of the people along with you so that you will not bear it all by yourself. And say to the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. For you have wailed in the hearing of the Lord, saying, If only we had meat to eat, surely it was better for us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat, until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you, because you have rejected the Lord who is among you, and have wailed before him, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses said, The people I am with number 600,000 on foot, and you say, I will give them meat, and they may eat for a whole month? Are there enough flocks and herds to slaughter for them? Are there enough fish in the seas to catch for them? The Lord said to Moses, Is the Lord's power limited? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. Okay, there's two stories woven together here. One is about a personal crisis for Moses, which triggered a meat crisis for Moses. Together, these two stories call into question some of the most basic things we've been taught to believe, specifically about weakness. Of course, 
We don't like to talk about weaknesses, but at least not our own. I'm happy to talk about yours all you want. Mine, prefer to leave that in the shadow if you don't mind. We would rather focus on our strengths. That's what successful people do. They focus on their strengths. And there's lots of people who will tell you that is what you should do. But there's another way to go about life. One of the many hats that I wear is I'm a, a certified coach for a program called Natural Church Development. Natural Church Development is a process that churches go through that are trying to grow. They're trying to kind of transform themselves from a declining church into a growing church. And the premise is that you score your church in eight key areas. A lot of coaches now would say, find your strongest, focus on that, and you'll grow. You know, do what you do even better. But natural church development comes along and says, if one of these eight areas is a critical weakness for you, you better focus on that or you will never grow. Think about these eight key areas, and they're things like education, worship, spirituality, uh, even administration and facility, you know, the building. If each of these eight areas were the staves of a barrel, you know, the wood that, that goes along the side there, if one of them is lower than the others, you're only going to fill the barrel up that far. If you want to fill the barrel up further, then you've got to lengthen that stave so it will hold more water. That's the whole premise of natural church development. So it's all about focusing on your weakness so you can increase capacity. Kind of hard to argue with it when you look at it that way, isn't it? But we were so programmed to equate weakness with failure that we hide our struggles, even from ourselves, even when we're hemorrhaging. Now, I know some of you volunteer at the gathering place and clinic with a heart. If you have, you've met people who are embarrassed to be there. Circumstances in their lives reached a point where they couldn't take care of their families, they couldn't pay their bills, they couldn't put food on the table, they couldn't afford dental care. Many put off coming as long as they possibly could because it was like admitting that they had failed, and they felt ashamed. No one wants to be thought of as weak. I mean, we want to be seen as capable and qualified. Uh, so we kind of live with this Apollo myth. Apollo was that guy who had the whole world on his shoulders. We are raised thinking that successful people can carry all of our responsibilities on our own shoulders. We don't need any help. We don't have to rely on anybody else to carry anything for us. We can do it. Now, many of us have been raised with that myth, but it's a myth we can't afford to believe anymore. When we believe that we have to do it all, or when we buy into the role of responsible adult to the point that we think everything depends on us and it's a sign of weakness to ask for help, then we've set ourselves up for failure. Our lives are just too complicated for us to handle everything by ourselves. Imagine yourself at the center of a circle and all the people and all the responsibilities in your life. You have strings that connect you to your spouse and your kids and your work, your parents, your pets. Let's not forget housework, yard work, the community groups you're a part of, your church and your friends, and of course, a huge rope to your own expectations for yourself. Now imagine everybody's pulling on the ropes all at once. There is no way in the world you could meet everybody's expectations of you or yours of yourself at the same time. It is impossible. 
But everybody wants a piece of our time. Everybody wants a piece of our energy. No one can fill that need except you. I mean, do you think you might have an idea of how Moses felt? I mean, Moses, I feel for the guy. He was pulled from his sheep and he was sent to Egypt to free a group of ungrateful slaves, lead them into the wilderness to a place he'd never been before. And soon after leaving Egypt, the complaints start. It's like, are we there yet? Where's the food? Where's the water? What's this manna stuff? We're tired of that. We want meat. One complaint after another. And of course, in the midst of everybody complaining about food, Aunt May's cow gets into Mr. Gray's chicken coop and kills all the chicken, just tramples them to death. And now Aunt May is going to Moses saying, I want you to make this right. She expects Moses to get justice for her. You see, Moses was the local magistrate, the mayor, the city planner, the engineer, the guide, the police force, the military strategist, and even their protector when God got angry at them. Now, once again, they're complaining. When they didn't like something, they piled their complaints on Moses. He's the leader. Isn't that what you do? You don't like something? It's the leader's fault and the leader's responsibility to fix it. Well, they piled all of their complaints and all of their petty arguments all of their griping on Moses, and Moses simply couldn't handle it anymore. Well, in this story, they had gotten tired of a steady diet of manna, even though manna was the gift God gave them the last time they complained about not having food. Every morning they would wake up and there was this white stuff on the ground. The word manna literally means, what is it? They could make this strange kind of a bread out of it. It was nourishment for them. God made sure every morning there was food there for them to eat. Well, apparently they were tired of eating it day after day after day. So they complained to Moses, like Moses could magically wave his hand and produce meat for them. Well, Moses is tired. He's frustrated. He's been carrying all the weight of responsibility all by himself for all these people ever since they left Egypt. And it's finally become too much for him. And he snaps. He yells at God. He actually asks God to let him die. Get him out of his misery. Bottom line, he just couldn't handle it anymore. Now, there are those who would call Moses weak, but he wasn't. He was simply human. I had someone tell me once that when I was feeling pretty much like Moses, that she thought I was stronger than that. At first, that hurt because I thought I was stronger than that, too. I felt like a failure, and she just confirmed everything I was feeling. But you know, then I got mad because who was she to tell me that I had to carry the weight of that church all by myself? When people put that kind of pressure on us, they're asking us to be superhuman. And we don't have to be superhuman. We were never meant to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. We don't have to solve every problem. And the success or failure of any venture does not depend on us alone. As someone once said to me, the job of Savior is already taken. Stop applying for it. When we start to believe that we have to be the Savior or we have to do everything without help, we have to be strong, then we need help. We have believed that big lie that to ask for help is a sign of weakness. But you know, there will come a day when we can't handle it. We may not snap like Moses We may simply feel put upon, frustrated, resentful, helpless. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. When was the last time you asked for help? 
You know, most of us have too many demands on us, but that doesn't stop people from expecting more from us. They do. Many of us are finding that we're expected to do the same work today that three people did 20 or 30 years ago. I've certainly seen that in the church. The role that I have in the church today wasn't even dreamed of when I started in ministry 30 years ago. That's just the way the world has gone for all of us. Our schedules are too full. We have way too many expectations on us than one person can reasonably fulfill. And yet we are expected to handle everything. Why do we believe that lie? Why do we repeat it to ourselves over and over and over again? Why do we let it knock us down when someone else tells us we should believe that lie? What's wrong with asking for help? So what if others think we're weak? That's their problem, not ours. We were never meant to face life alone. We were never meant to carry the world on our shoulders. Adam and Eve, they were made to be helpers for each other. Moses was given Aaron as his partner. Jesus sent the disciples out in pairs. He didn't send them out all by themselves. The apostles enlisted help when they were faced with another need in their community. And they said, you know, we already have this responsibility over there. Let's find someone else to take on this new responsibility. You know, they couldn't do it all. And they didn't even try. They were smarter than us. So why do we think we're stronger or more responsible than they were? Unfortunately, we've believed the lie for so long that by the time we realize we do need help, we're almost beyond the point where help will help. By then, we may be ready to walk out the door and never come back, quit our jobs or say, God, take me now. That's where Moses was. He was mad at the Israelites for their chronic complaints. He was mad at the world for its unreasonable expectations of him. And he was mad at God for putting him there in the first place. Now, God could have responded in one of three ways. God could have been mad at Moses for failing in his duty to meet the needs of the people. God could have taken pity on Moses and granted his request, let him die right there in the wilderness. Or God did what God does best. God heard Moses' underlying cry for help and answered. We have to trust God that when we don't even know what to ask for, God will give us what we need. In Moses' case, he didn't need to escape. He just needed others to share the burden of leadership with him. So God said, Moses, take a breath. Go find 70 people who are good leaders. You've got them out there. Let's get them on board. Now, if you're wondering why God didn't offer this suggestion earlier, well, isn't it true that sometimes we can't accept help until we reach the end of the line, the end of the rope? And that's because we've believed another big lie, which is that God won't give us more than we can handle. Only it's not in the Bible. What is in the Bible, though, is that God doesn't give us more than we can handle with God's help. Important three words, with God's help. We were never meant to be Lone Rangers or Apollo carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders alone. So ask for help, even if you don't know what you need. You know, that time I found myself carrying more than I could handle, well, when I finally asked for help, I really wasn't sure what help I needed or what I could reasonably expect. But fortunately, I had a group of wise people around me who saw what was needed and helped me figure it out. Now, I didn't get 70 volunteers, but I got enough. Best thing about it, though, 
Once I dealt with my weakness, which was believing that I had to do it all by myself, that I had to have all the answers and know all the right things to do, once I got rid of that unrealistic expectation of myself, then I was able to focus on my strengths and grow. So what weakness holds you back from fulfilling the unique role that God has called you to in this world? What lie have you believed that is crushing you and stopping you from being strong? And what will it take you to stop believing the lie and to ask for help? Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you for listening to this edition of a Critical Faith Podcast from First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln, Nebraska where we aspire to be a place that nurtures your faith, where your curiosity is encouraged, diversity is welcomed, and all are truly loved. Join us again next week, and in the meantime, please check out our website at fpclincoln.org or like our Facebook page at First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln, Nebraska.